Hello and welcome to Future Thinking from Stylus. I'm your host, Christian Ward, Head of Media and Marketing at Stylus. Today we're going to be giving you some brutally honest Gen Z insights, courtesy of Jay Riches, founder of marketing consultancy Imagine, and Katie Barron, Stylus's Director of Brand Engagement. Welcome to you both. So first of all, Jay, brutally honest Gen Z insights, that's the tagline of Imagine. Uh, what makes your consultancy different from traditional market research firms? Yeah, that's a good question. And thanks for having me first and foremost. Um, What makes us different really is um, our whole ethos is bringing Gen Z as consultants into the brand or into the agency. For us, the whole focus is instead of us saying that we as the adults are the experts, it's saying let's bring them in and allow them to to lead and guide whatever you're building. Um, And I think it's just a kind of like an old school way of doing it, but it but it really does work, and we're just using technology to, to push that forward, so it's exciting. So what does that mean, bringing them in? How does it actually work? Yeah, great, good question. So um, top line is we help agencies and brands to build their products, their branding, and their marketing by enabling them to collaborate with over 200,000 Gen Z consultants from across the country. So the way we do that is um, a brand like the NFL, they would come and they would say, okay, we want to build a marketing campaign aimed at Gen Z, and we go to our consultants via our app, and we say, pitch to us the type of marketing campaign you would do for the NFL. So we get hundreds, if not thousands, of pictures from across the country. We use a load of data to, to filter through those, and we bring them down to 15 final ideas that we love from across the country. We take those to the brand. The brand goes, okay, these are the final five ideas we like, and those consultants come into the brand's head office, and they work with the senior leadership team to actually build that marketing campaign. So it's really crowdsourcing ideas and crowdsourcing talent. And the great thing is is that everything is anonymous up until the point that the um, brand actually selects the final five ideas. So everything is chosen simply on their talent and on their idea, which is great. Is, and is there a, a, a kind of element of this where part of it is saying pitch us ideas, so kind of give us ideas, but also it's there's a, there's a testing the agency's own ideas, so there's a kind of ebb and flow yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of agencies and brands will come and they will have um, five or six ideas that they're kind of going over and like, we want to work with some of these. And really, we are our whole platform is to crowdsource the talent, crowdsource the ideas. So when we bring them in, the agency can go or the brand can go, okay, these are the five ideas that we have. And the consultants can go, okay, these are the two that we think are genius. Um, and we will help you to, to build those out. So it's really... Um, marrying it all together so it's not trying to to replace anybody it's really just saying okay this generation understands what they want so it's bringing them in to help them to collaborate with i guess a bit more of a meeting of minds in some of these processes before because when i first met you one of the things that excited me was the scale of this the fact that you know because i think there is an understanding that that traditional wisdom surrounding focus groups where you bring in people but it's normally like six people and you bring them in and quite often maybe they're from kind of quite similar backgrounds anyway whether that's locality or cultural backgrounds um, and then it's more kind of saying, this is something we're doing. Do you like it? Do you not like it? Which is a, which is a kind of strange process, yeah. bearing in mind the world that we're in of consumer creators and ideas being thrown back and forth on social media, you know, like crazy. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think the interesting thing is that a lot of the time we... Because once you've been in this industry for years, of you guys, um, as we have, you build up your own biases, you build up your own understandings. And a lot, I think a lot of the time brands will roll something out and before they've rolled it out a lot of time i'm asking okay have you who have you actually consulted before you before you rolled this out and the scariest thing is sometimes when when things go out into the real world and then they fall flat and then it's gone through so many levels of senior leadership before it's actually been rolled out and i thought 
where was the time where you thought to yourselves, okay, should we bring somebody else in the room that has a completely different perspective to us? And it's great that you were pointing on the scalability side of it because for us, everything's done through our app. So we can get, as we mentioned earlier, it's 200,000 consultants across the country and we're growing daily. Um, so we can get so many different ideas from so many different perspectives. Like we've got consultants from places like God Manchester. I had no idea where God Manchester was until I met a consultant. But it's really interesting because they're coming in and they're going, without what you guys do, I would never be able to, to work with these massive brands and for the brands they're going well we would never think to go to god manchester to find this young person that hasn't got a degree that's maybe just left school is, but has great is ideas is that because they were always just you know if it's a london brand they go to london if it was you know they go to wherever their headquarters were so it's the sort of super cities yeah idea. i think i think a lot of the time super cities is interesting because i think a lot of time when we go to um go to meet with with teams and brands and agencies when we say okay what kind of research do you do the normal pushback is oh we go onto the street of london and we speak to people. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, that's wonderful. But London is, we're, we're in a bubble, let's be honest. Um, and the rest of the country is completely different. And I think it's, we're going out and because of the schools network that we're part of, we can go out to the far parts of the country <coughs> and soon going into mainland Europe and the US and really find those people that are just, they're, they're not normally brought into the conversation and just bringing them in and saying, okay, we think you have a, you have solid ideas, come and give them to us. So this, I think the school network is really interesting as well mm. because as far as I'm aware, the process with this is normally going out and kind of just reaching out on social media. So effectively, you're pretty much getting already the people that are predisposed to being part of those kind of marketing groups. It's almost that kind of uh, cool hunting, I yeah. guess. Whereas I guess what you're getting now is there'll be a cool hunting hunting element of it but you're also getting people that are kind of the undiscovered talent the gems the kind of the diamonds in the rough and the kind of opinions that, that are being buried slightly but still of course people that are buying or responding to your advertising or marketing or your products or spaces or whatever yeah i think it's, it's really exciting because when you look at um you look at the way the world is moving um even with regards to politics you see that Donald Trump, he was technically, what he did was genius. He reached out to the people that are normally ostracized. And and most politicians don't normally reach out to them because they're in the far reaches of back and beyond of America. And he reached out to them and ended up willing, winning the um, trades. Obviously, I'm not comparing us to Donald Trump. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> is that it's a lot of the time, if you can reach into those communities and, and say, hey, you have value and we want to add value to you and we're going to pay you for your ideas, which I think is what's gold from right from the start. We said we will pay for every single idea that's delivered initially and we will also pay very well for when you go and work with a brand. So if we had a, um, a whole load of 13-year-olds who want to sign up. You can't actually work with a brand until you're 16, but we have 13 or 14-year-olds to start signing up early um, prepared for, when for their 16th birthday. And so many of them were like, my mum doesn't even earn £150 in a week. So they're just like, that's insane that I can get paid that in a day. And I think it's being able to have that impact is massive for us. Um, and I think it just adds so much value to the brands because they can go, yeah, we've so actually with, um, put it This out. is something I wanted to ask you about because with paying people, <clears throat> because we're talking a lot at Stylist at the moment about you know communities and how you work with fandoms and that kind of tr- slightly tricky space that you can mm. get into where you start kind of... Um, I guess you're not paying people to be advocates because you're calling them consultants very deliberately. So you're not actually saying, you know, go out and be an influencer, being an advocate for us. Does the money thing ever kind of get awkward? Does that ever 
kind of cause a conflict with the way people are working with you? Do you ever get a stage where people get kind of slightly jaded and start, you get these young people coming in just doing it for the money and aren't really that invested in it? Or, or do you think it, for them it's just a pure, it's a, new, it's a new form of job, like having a new Saturday job or something like that? That's a really good question. And I think the funny thing is with us, a lot of our consultants see us as a side hustle. So for them, it's like, hey, you know what? I might be going mm. in to get, get my first job at 19, 20 years old. Um, and I don't really know what I want to do so I've kind of just taken this job and what we do is we're providing the opportunity for them to test and, and, and do loads of different things and I think a lot of them when they're the money is is key and I think for them it's okay that's why we pay them per every single idea and we make sure we pay them very well when they go and work with a brand so they understand that they're, they're worth something and I think um one of the main things we've seen, though, is that for them, it's the experience and it's the opportunity to to get a referral from so and so from from Stella McCartney or so and so from the NFL or so and so from an, from established bank, and I think for them to go into a room and go, it puts the power back in their hands because they're going, okay, these are all the pitches I've done. So there's a portfolio of pitches I have to different brands about loads of different things. Here's a referral from from a, from a high senior leader in that company, and also now I have expertise and I have experience, and it just changes the whole dynamic of that interview for that person so i think for us the money we will always pay and i think it is very key there hasn't really been a pushback i think a lot of them the, we we initially wanted to pay per idea but we weren't sure how to do it so we just asked our consultants we said how would you want to be paid how much would you want to be paid and the numbers i had in my head were far higher than what they they were like oh no this is fine and they were just like because for them and I think we forget that. so when I first started my first job I didn't have to do psychometric tests and all these things but these young people are so used to having putting so much work for an interview before they've even had okay. the interview that for them it's just kind of just like well duh like of course I can do do you mean this. like 16, 17 year olds or, yeah. or yeah so when they're going in so say for example if they're going obviously for store jobs or whatever it may be probably not but I have heard of um, high street stores doing certain types of psychometrics okay. and things like that but I think as they're going into 19, 20 years old they know and they're being told by their schools and universities that they will have to do these types of tests and things. So for them, it's like, I'm already prepared to do the work anyway. And they want, to, and we forget, because now we're adults, I'm 29, so I've had various jobs. We forget the graft and the passion when you first when you first want to get a job and the, the desire, to, I will do anything to get my first real job. Mm. So if we can help push that forward, and then while you're doing that first job, you can still earn as a side hustle. I think it's, yeah. I think it's super exciting. Are you able to talk about a specific example of a brand that you've worked with and how it worked with your consultants, or is it all... Yeah, no, yeah? definitely. Okay. Yeah, 100%. So, well, uh, I was just going to say, because one of the things I would love to know about that is, before you were, you were talking about the things they can get referrals for and the kind of experience they can get, when they go into work with a brand, the type of work they're doing as well. Yeah, good. Good questions. So, um, great example is a company called Victors. So, they are a great platform that's trying to compete with YouTube. Um, so it's not like a small a small mission. Um, but the great thing about their platform is is that um, it's one for one. So say, for example, if you get one view on their platform, it counts as one music stream, which is the difference between YouTube is one for 300. So you'd have to get 300 million to get one million streams. So their platform technology is phenomenal. Um, and they were very focused on desktop before they met us. Um, that was their whole focus. Like, we're going to put it out on desktop and, 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 and so on and so on. And they also had a few other things that, to me, just needed changing. But we went out to our consultants and our pitch to them is, what type of platform would you create to compete with YouTube? 
That was it. That's all we asked. And we got some phenomenal, I would love to show, I'll show you guys afterwards, we got some phenomenal pictures from our consultants. Mm. Some of them, you'd have everything from um, a girl called Nikki. She's from, from Cardiff and she designed, I think she's 21, and she designed this phenomenal, it was 15 pages pitch um, on, um, on Canva and she did all of these crazy 3D designs and all these things about what she thinks should be in the platform. And even when I show agencies, they're like, what the hell? They're like, how do we hire this person? Um, so at the start of the process, that's the kind of pitches you're getting. So the so the brand got to see those. They then we then filtered through those, chose fifteen, put, pitched, gave it to them. They went, okay, these are the five consultants we want. We then revealed their gender, age, sex, location, so on and so on. Um, those consultants came in to we actually did it at Soho Works. So they came into the Soho Workspace because the brand didn't actually have a um, an office space we could go to. So they came in. And on the day, what happened was, so we provide a, um, almost like an agenda type thing. A lot of brands just use it as like a template. They don't actually follow it word for word. Um, but the consultants came in and the brand was kind of like, okay, this is where we are right now. Where should we go? And that was literally it. They were going, this is how our interface works. This is, and they showed them everything. And then the consultant sat down and just pulled it apart. And this is why we say brutally honest insights, because a lot of the time, brands don't want to hear what the consultants have to say. Yeah. So you have to be very humble and very teachable to actually allow these these consultants to come in and go, actually, your idea is pretty shit. Do you know what I mean? Not yeah. saying that Victor's was. Victor's was a phenomenal platform, but it was it was them being able to sit there and go, okay, tell us what we need to do. And the consultants came in and they showed them... Um, when they're switching to, when they actually enabled them to then pivot to mobile. So it was mobile first. They dropped the whole desktop focus. They started focusing on mobile. But also another exciting thing is they gamified the onboarding process using psychometric testing. And this came from Nikki. So her idea was that you would um, you'd gamify the process, make it super exciting as you're onboarding a, a, a normal human being. So you're onboarding onto the platform. And then once you've onboarded, you can actually reduce the amount of adverts you have to point at them because you already know what they would like to see. So instead of giving um, an advert every few minutes, you could probably give one every few videos. So it completely changed the entire process. We're on YouTube because it's such an easy sign-up process. They have to pump you full of adverts to find out what you actually want, want to watch, which is super interesting. And I think that type of insight, the brand loved it. Victor's put it straight into their product roadmap and they also put the entire um, focusing on mobile straight into their product roadmap. And what they they literally just showed me a week ago about what they've got in the moment, it's phenomenal. So you've got these phenomenal ideas. What's the relationship, the ongoing relationship with these consultants? Because just playing devil's advocate, yeah. I can see... You know, people saying, is there something a bit cynical about this, that you've got kind of brands getting access? I mean, you know, they're paying what's a kind of, you know, compared to a consultant maybe in their external world, yeah. a small amount of money. Are they just kind of mining young people for amazing ideas and then kind of ditching them, just sort of dispatching them and then moving on to the next? Is there something cynical? Or is there actually something in this system that means that there's an ongoing relationship that is that's different about the way that you're doing things? Yeah, great. That's a really good question. Um, so we normally pay from between 150 to 450 for them to work with the brand for a day's work. So when you're 16, 17, even tw- I'd probably take 450 now if I'm honest. Um, even in, when you're going up to 24, 25 years old, they're like, that's a lot of cash. So um, for them, it's that the money side of thing is, is, is a no-brainer. I think... Um, the main thing that we're seeing with our consultants is, so we're very big on the community. So um, over the next few months, we're going to just be going to be doing gigs um, in London, um, across the country. It's just going to be a sick artist. We're not going to be pitching what we're doing. Um, we're not going to be telling them, hey, come and we'll tell you more about us. It's going to be come, have a good night, meet with other consultants from across the country um, and just have a vibe. And I think 
we're realizing that our moat around our business is our community. Because realistically, a brand could go into the street and, and round up five people and bring them in and, and, and do that. It's not that that sets us apart. It's our community. So what we're doing is we're doubling down on that and asking them, what should we do for you? So a lot of the feedback was, how can I improve my pitches? So they're saying, okay, I've pitched three times. None of them were selected for the final. <coughs> so how do I improve that? So what we're doing is we're going to start releasing content over the next few months. It's going, okay, so you pitch first time. Um, this is how you could improve it incrementally and then oh. gradually enabling them to actually get better and, and solidifying the community. So on the one hand, you're kind of working as an agent or you mm-hmm. were predominantly working as an agent and now you're going to kind of go into a mentor role as well. Yeah. So almost a little bit in the way that somewhere like someone like Depop is. I mentioned that specifically because of the way that Depop really interestingly has their internal mentorship where they get the community and they get people in the Depop community that are the kind of most successful sellers. Yeah. And then they get them to mentor other people in the community. Yeah. And they're even doing kind of IRL meetups and things like that. So that's the idea. I mean, obviously you can't share the work that people are doing because they must be under NDA yes, for these yeah, brands. Yeah, yeah. But you can talk about the process. Yeah, yeah. So for us, I think the... The main, the main focus for us is saying to them, okay, we want you to get better because our, our ultimate goal is obviously to continue to add value to agencies and brands. But me personally, and I know for, my, for Kat, for my co-founder, for us, one of our big focuses is making sure that young people just get better opportunities because the, the craziest thing is, is that, that talent is equally, equally distributed, but opportunity isn't. So there's, all of the, there's so much talent across the country, but there isn't so much opportunity across the country. So for us, it's just leveling that playing field. We're enabling them to go in and have the confidence going, I've got so much to offer because of what I've been doing with Imagine. And I think as we go forward, we will just continue to double down on that because we know the more value we add to our community, the more value we can ultimately add to the brands and agencies. So at the moment, you're working with schools. That's your network is school, mm-hmm. schools and universities, yes. right? Yeah. Um, so do you think these schools, I mean, they're obviously happy for you to come in because there's a sense of work experience part of this, you're paying them fairly. Um, do you think, it sounds like you're almost going to become kind of supplementary education in a way. Yeah, that's, that's a good way of looking at it. I think the... The funny thing is, so my wife's a teacher, my brother's and sister's a teacher, so for some reason I'm just surrounded by teachers. Um, And I think the interesting thing that that we've seen is that for schools, we're kind of like Hail Mary, because a lot of them are kind of like, we have, so say for example, you're a head teacher, you're a head teacher, your year 10s need to go find work experience. On average, that's like 500 students that need to go find work experience, maybe a little less. I'm outside London. That is an absolute madness. Teachers are kind of just like, okay, you find work experience. And if you're 16, 15, 16, your work experience is going to be, I'm going to go ask my mate's mum and I'm going to go work on WH Smith for a couple of days. <laughs> like, it's not, there's nothing wrong with Smith's, by the way. But um, <laughs> I think it's, it's, it's so, such an archaic way of exposing them to the real world. And I think schools are cr- screaming out for a new way, especially one thing we found are sign-ups from schools and consultants from outside of London has been insane. So we've got coastal towns that know that their their young people will never, ever, ever get the opportunity to work with these massive brands. We've got the opportunity to reach directly into their community through their phone and go, pitch to us what you would do for this massive brand. And that just breaks down everything we've ever ever considered because it's looking at it and going, you have value, you have ideas that are worth it doesn't matter where the hell you are, what you look like, what you're into, just pitch to us. And I think that's the thing that's driving our sign-ups because teachers are turning around. Because I, I speak at, so myself or my co-founder will speak at um, school events 
And the teachers come up to us in their droves and they're literally just like, how do I get my young people involved in this? Because we're a small school of 700 students. And when we're looking for work experience, we've got to send them to the local factories because there's nowhere else for them to go. And of course, the interesting thing is that these brands, compared to maybe five or 10 years ago, you know, you can get into a brand and you might be working on the marketing, but you might be working on product design, you might be yeah. working on coding, you might be working on broadcasting even because of the way that, you yeah. know, you just think about how retail brands are becoming meta, me, um, media brands in, yeah. in a lot of ways. So actually the opportunities within inside those brands are, are ginormous. Yeah, it's massive. And I think, so we got um, a, a podcasting company reached out recently and they were like, we want to find the next talent for podcasting. So firstly, we want to crowdsource some great ideas ideas for podcasts and then whoever comes up with that idea we would love to bring them in and have them be the one that runs a podcast so imagine that imagine we can go out and crowdsource a whole ton of new ideas but then say to that person you are now going to be the face of this and that just revolutionizes everything and i think the my most exciting thing is when we see a consultant come to london and it's the first time they've come to the city and they're like, we have them call us. They're like, hey, I'm at Bond Street. What the hell do I do now? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? And you're just like, turn right, turn left or whatever. Um, and it's really exciting for them because they're just like, I'm coming into the city and people value me. And I think that that's exciting. I just wanted to go back briefly to the, to the brutal, um, honest insights. And I just wondered if there were sort of general themes that are emerging over the work that you got, you're seeing. Um, you know, obviously mobile first is clearly a, a key thing for every brand but are there other sort of general themes that are emerging that you think brands need to know about for that generation yeah 100 percent. i think firstly we have to just be careful in um i know with millennials it's like, oh we all have avocado and toast and it was like all these generalizations that were made and i think um brands one thing i do love about brands is they realize the mistake they made with millennials where they kind of jumped on it too late and then they suddenly started doing adverts about avocado and toast um and then now they're trying to make up for that with gen z and they're trying to go let's get in there earlier um some of the trends we are seeing is so when you speak about advocacy and they're talking about them really caring about causes because for me and for a lot of my friends i i love the environment but at the same time i'll probably still wear a canada goose because i just don't want to be cold so i don't care that much um but with gen z we had um one of our consultants um I just noticed she hadn't drunk water for the entire time we were in the session. So I said to her, why haven't you drunk water? She goes, oh, um, you only have plastic cups and I forgot my reusable bottle. And I was like, you're a psychopath. I was like, just drink water. And so I had to go get her a glass. But for them, they genuinely, truly care about the cause. And I think they care about the environment and the world in a way because they're looking at it going, you guys have just, over the last 100 years, we've absolutely annihilated the planet. And they're like, in the next 100 years, you lot will be dead. And we're going to be stuck being the ones that have to fix it. And I think they're seeing the the speed that the planet is changing and they're looking and they're not so much panicking, but they're going, okay, if you won't sort it out, we will sort it out. Um, one question, if we've got time, I really, really wanted to get into was to talk about diversity yes. a little bit. Because I think it was so interesting, you know, the scale that you're doing this at, the fact that you're talking a lot about going out to coastal regions, people that would, you know, never get a chance um, because they're not in London. Um Diversity, I think a lot of brands, when they think about it, they think about it in terms of race yeah. only or at least predominantly. Yeah. But there's much, much more to diversity, isn't there, that you're yeah. working with? Yeah, 100%. I think, um, yeah, there's definitely more to diversity with regards to race and, and sexual preference, which normally are the, the two that get the that get the thing. Probably not even, still not probably, probably being done properly. But yeah, they do get the most, um, the most attention. I think, yeah... Um, 
living outside of London, I think that's just a it's it's just a massive hindrance to so many people. And I think a lot of the time we skip over that. And I love why that Channel Four moved their um, their offices to to I think it was in Manchester um, or to somewhere <laughs> up north um, outside of the M25. And um, I think that was important because one of their on when they did something in Piccadilly Circus, one of the billboards said, um, "I didn't know that Channel Four knew there was anywhere outside of London." And I think that's super interesting because I think that is the approach of not just in the UK, but across the world. Everybody thinks you don't know what happens outside of the major cities. And I think something like what we do as we're scaling across across the planet is we're looking and going, okay, we're, we're enabling the, out, the people that are outside of it come in. And I think, yeah, there is a massive, massive issue with everybody just going, okay, if we're going to do a marketing campaign, let's just do it for London. I was with a snack brand the other day and they were like, in London, everybody knows us. Outside of London, nobody has any idea who we are. But when you're, when you're working with brands and they're saying, okay, we want a kind of diverse group of people, you're looking at things like uh, parents' educations, yes. parents' religion, earnings, cult, different cultural yeah. uh, kind of metrics, I guess you could call it, which are nothing to do necessarily with, you know, even locality. Yeah, yeah. And that's a really good point, actually. Yeah, I completely didn't even think about that. So we've got, um, when we're looking at, we're looking at, yeah, so parents' education, parents' salary, their salary, whether the student were on free school meals, which is normally when they're most disadvantaged in their school, um, and a lot of other data points that, yeah, that don't actually fit into the normal normal thing, um, normal process but there are great ways of finding new talent because um, yeah. the way somebody who neither parents went to university and they were on free school meals the way they see the, the world is wildly different to somebody that was has yeah. two very well educated parents I just I think that's a really fascinating way of kind of I, I don't want to use the word categorization yes. because it sounds yeah. a bit a bit cynical a bit hard um, but I thought that was fascinating because I think not enough brands consider Actually, what diversity actually means beyond colour and yeah. a little bit as you say sexual orientation but yeah. beyond that I think feel like it's just a sort of black hole really yeah and I think it's tough because there's so many different like you you, you do part of diversity and you piss somebody else off you do it's like do we have panels of 35 people because we, we yeah. do you know what I mean and it starts to get to a point where it's kind of like you're just overwhelmed because it's like oh you had a panel and there was three black women and one white woman where's the where's the oriental and, and so you could just go for months yeah. and months and months so I think it's tough I think it's just being, I think the main thing is just being aware of it and trying to counteract it. You're never going to get it perfectly right, but you just tr- do your best to actually go, okay, this is how we researched it and this is how we tried to tackle it. So I can imagine yeah. probably in about 12 months I'll be sitting here interviewing Nikki from Cardiff by the sounds of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, uh, you're, you're doing some amazing work. Thank you so much um, for joining me, uh, Jay Richards and Katie Barron. And thank you for listening. I hope you'll join us next time for more Future Thinking from Stylus. You've been listening to Future Thinking from Stylus, the show where our analysts, alongside industry thought leaders, unpack the big trends you need to know about. Find out more about what the future holds for your business at stylus.com. If you like what you heard today, make sure you subscribe to Future Thinking in iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts to hear new episodes as soon as they're available. 